Hope it makes. When's the last time you schmeared? You, I bet you haven't schmeared in a minute. Max, do you schmear? What's your thoughts on schmear? No more schmearing. It's over. The schmear, the schmear game is over. What about a, a Christmas present? If you really like a place, a I'll little. Give something. someone a bottle of wine. Kurt, okay, do you nice. know about Dorcia? I do know about Dorcia. Okay. I, I, I actually didn't, um, and I know about it now because with the uh, in the restaurant um, when they would release reservations, every table was gone in sixty seconds, and you know, come to find out from the operations people that they're bots that are yes. grabbing the reservations and reselling them on a secondary platform. Yeah. Um, which I didn't know anything about, but it's it's this is a real a real thing. Yeah. So But Dorcia is different than that. Well Dorcia is basically guaranteeing you a, a much buying, higher they're guaranteeing you a higher check than what you would pay. Yeah. So they're they're incentivizing the restaurant to save some tables for them in exchange for, like, I would say at, at your restaurant, Funky, it would be $300 a person guarantee, wouldn't you think, man? No, not 300 285 More. I see Moza's 285 No, Moza's 185 185 okay. Relax. Okay, but I but did see also, stuff in the tube. I, I, I don't love it. I think, um, you know, part of the culinary dining experience for me always was going out, seeing a mix of people. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when you sell access to a guy who's just willing to pay for it, and you know they're saying you could do it $500 a person, and they guarantee it, and this and that, and they're throwing a bunch of money around. I'm sorry, um, can we back up? I don't know what we're talking about. Well, suppo Steve. supposedly, though, they're, they're um, curating who they allow as members. They is Dorcia. This is a private it's club called Dorcia. No, no. no it's, it's an app. It's a service oh. where if you need a reservation last minute, mm -hmm. you can go on and you see these restaurants and there's a minimum spend. I see. You're not you actually. You're not actually. So you're getting you're getting preferred treatment, preferred everything, but you're saying you're going to be here for five hundred or whatever it is. It's not preferred. You're just agreeing to pay a certain. Amount. I see, and they'll give you the table. Right, but it's okay. a, it's they have to accept you into Dorcia. You can't just sign up yeah, for now. Then it's yeah. pretty soon. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. We're 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 welcoming no, you now. Gonna, they're going to price people out. I got it. Uh, guys, can we can we get started or? Yeah, let's do? talk. Okay, so guys, welcome to Hope It Makes. Uh, Hope It Makes is an LA real estate and lifestyle podcast. We have a very exciting show. We're here with a terrific friend of ours for a long time. He's a great guy. His name is Kurt Rappaport. We're in his private offices. We're gonna we're gonna have him speak to all of it because I'm interested in all of it, including this beautiful piece of artwork that's framing his his terrific looking face. Um, I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> he does have a nice face. He does have a good face. Yeah. Um, before we get into before we get into it, we do have some. Well, Kurt, do you know? Have you ever heard the expression "hope it makes"? Does that ever does that ring a bell? Anyone ever said to you "hope it makes"? Well, I, I, is it an expression or is it a saying? I, I, it's a saying. Yeah, you've heard it. Someone said, "Hey, hope it makes. Hope that works for you." Uh, absolutely. Okay, so so that's where we are. Hope it makes. Uh, we did somebody hope say that on your two hundred million dollar deal that you just recently did. Uh, always hope it makes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we'll talk a little bit about that, um, but we're not going to get there yet. We ha we have a little bit of of just real estate cleanup work. Every episode, we do like to start off with 
The interest rate, the topic of the day, Max, what, what, where's the interest rate hovering right now? Interest rate is a very juicy 6.78 for 30 years, which, okay. um, I mean, it's up. It's up. And uh, it's Kurt, scaring a lot of people. Kurt, you're, tell me from your, from your vantage point, um, tell me how that interest rate, what, does that, do you feel it in, the, in your, where do you feel that? In the back of the neck when Max just announced that you winced? Um, tell me, what, what does that do for your business, your Certainly, your probably your average price point is way above the clouds. Um, how does that affecting your day to day? I, I think it affects it tremendously. Um, you know, in in large cities like L.A. or New York or Miami, um, you know, it's not. People always say to me, "Oh, it does, you know, rates don't affect you that much because people really aren't reliant on getting a mortgage and mm-hmm. this and that." I disagree. I think you you um, in these big cities. Um, you know, it, it's modern day keeping up with the Joneses. So people are living wealthier um, than they actually are. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who have great incomes, um, but they don't have a lot of liquidity. So if they're borrowing uh, at two, two and a half, three percent, you can live much richer than, you know, at, at 6.7%. Right. Um, so you combine it that. every little purchase. It affects the, the cars, the houses. Everything. And, and when yeah. the, you know, when the credit flows, the market goes. So, you know, people... Can I quote you on that? Sure. Great. <laughs> um, it, it, it is affecting us. Uh, we've had, I think, 10 interest rate hikes in the last year. Yeah. Um, Do you think they went too fast? They started, they started too late. I think they, you know, they, 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 you could probably see, uh, yeah, they did go too fast. I mean, yeah. look what they did to the regional banks. Look what, you know, look, look how they've, you know. Uh, Collapsed. Well, they went fast because they started late. Well, because when you inject $6 trillion into the economy, which is what happened in COVID, mm-hmm. of course, th- you're going to have a lot of money being thrown around. Plus, our government's saying it was a transitional period. Yes. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so everyone knew inflation was coming. It wasn't a right. secret. We all knew that. Um, everything has gotten more expensive. Um, but for real estate, where people really rely on, on uh, you know... Borrowing. On borrowing, and you, you need that. You need the, I, I believe you need, it's, it's like a domino. You need the guy at the bottom pushing up, you know, the, the guy who's selling his, you know, $250,000 house is moving up to three fifty, and that guy's going to a half a million and so on and so on. You need that. That's what makes the market go. It's the oil, if you will. And our, the, big, and our biggest local regional lender, First Republic, is not going to be lending the same way they were lending before. So it makes lending more difficult to borrowers. Sure. Yeah. And there's when there's fewer banks, the banks are less competitive. Yeah. You don't have... I remember City National and First Republic and, uh, you know... They're just trying to get your business. Competing against each other. Right. Not wanting to lose the client, wanting the relationship. And yeah. Those well, days in, the, are, in the old days, home savings, you, you would get what was called a pulse loan. If they could put their finger on your on your wrist and feel a pulse, they made the loan. That's how I got my loan. Uh, the um, New York Times yesterday said that inflation is is trending down. Are you feeling that? Are are you benefiting from it? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I think it's too early to tell. I mean, it, they're probably you know basing that off some data. So yeah. you know, I I would agree with it in theory. Um, how it affects us is going to be something you know. We'll see. We'll see. I think that. Do you? I I feel like you know uh, the the prices of so many items has been pushed up b- based on the uh, the pandemic. Factories were closed. Uh, the interest rate, all these things. Uh, the interest rate being low, the prices were pushed up. 
uh, now they're they're pushed up, and the companies that are selling these items, I, I feel like they're just like excited that okay, this has pushed our price point up. Let's keep it there. It's, it increases our profits. Do do you think that that's an issue? Well, I, I think when you have the mindset of a price being higher, higher that it's it's hard to go backwards. So I I, I do agree. I yeah. think you don't go backwards. I remember when gold went up, anything you bought gold was more expensive. But when gold went down. The price that you paid for that jewelry remained the same. Yeah. The, the song remains the same. Yeah. yeah, Stephen, if you were, if you had for a day, and you were in charge of the Federal Reserve, what would you do to um, to change this? What would you do? Would you lower the interest rate? Would you? What would you be telling the, the president? That that would be so speculative that I would not answer because I'm not qualified. Yeah, to qualify. So you don't have like a, this is what I would do. No, because I think they're doing the best job that they can. I think they started too late with the interest mm -hmm. rate, which seems most economists seem to agree with, and they're, they're making up for it. They've brought the inflation numbers down. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't agree that prices are down. I, you know, I just went on a trip where rooms were three, four thousand dollars a night in hotels. And uh, they, they didn't come down, they mm -hmm. went up, and they continue to go up. So Did that put a hamper on your So I think the, the fact that the price of eggs went down. Doesn't matter, who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, that was part of like a, a an, an issue where the chickens were, the hens were diseased, and yeah. so there was yeah. a, a lack of, of There's always supply. A always they, more they, than they, one factor. No, There's always a reason like, for raising prices. No, but like, look at wine. Wine skyrocketed, and that all started when that 25% tariff was added. Yeah. And so they started increasing the price, and then it went away, and, and the price never changed. Right. So, Max, are those new glasses? Uh, they are transition lenses. You got a transition yeah, lens. Yeah, they look nice on you. Based on John, you got transition lenses? Come on, John and I want to... Transition together. We, John, Max and I are—we're coupling up. We we have a great time. Uh, it benefits me. I get into all the restaurants. Yeah. Um, Stephen, we we had another piece of business. Uh, the wildlife ordinance. If there were emails going around crazy, if you were a real estate agent, I, I got them from ten different people telling me about this wildlife ordinance. What's going on? The unknown ordinance, the wildlife ordinance, just came to everybody's attention within the last week. And it's the City Council Planning and Land Use Management Committee has recommended substantive changes in what you can build on a hillside in Los Angeles. And it reduces the amount of square footage dramatically based on your lot size. It eliminates underground construction, which has been something that's been used for the last 10, 15 years to increase square footage. And um, they had a meeting yesterday, an open meeting, so that people could either be in favor or against. And it, they gave an hour for both sides to speak. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the hour, they voted unanimously to, to propose to city council that they pass this measure. It is not a voting measure. It is city council that gets to put this into play. So now, how many, so these city council members, Zav Zalarowski or whatever the hell. Well, she voted, she's one of the proponents for the wildlife thing, and it's in her district, a lot of this stuff. 
So she's a yes on this. She's a no. That's the other thing that makes this difficult. You don't she's know. A, if she, it's not a. It's not a yes. Yes. She's a yes. Know if it's a yes or a no that you're rooting for. You're, that happens. Well, you're rooting against this restrictive measure. Uh, Kurt, what, tell me, as a businessman, as a developer, um, what, what do you think of these things? If small, small groups of people, small special interest groups, making a decision that could potentially. Uh, define what you can do with your land um, in this in this city? Well, I, I, I don't like any blanket restriction. Right, um, of course. I don't like, um, you know, where someone can tell me what I can or can't do with a property that I own. Right. Um, you know, I think there's some, something fundamentally wrong with that. Um, I, I'm not opposed to responsible development, to having a planning department who has um, discretion and, and authority to do things um, responsibly yeah. in keeping with the neighborhood. But it seems to me this ordinance is, is not keeping with the neighborhood. It's, it, it's actually right. you know, pulling it way back and, and restricting people who own their properties from, from what they have the right to do. And it's also it very exciting. Had the right to do. It's exclusionary yeah. because, oh, if you already have your basement, oh, who cares? But that next person who's striving to build his dream and create his own home, uh, it, it's telling them, oh, you can't do it. We did it, and, but you guys can't do it's it. A, yeah. It's a double-edged sword because it means that the developer can't build what he could build yesterday, but the person that has that already built extra square footage and the basement their property becomes more valuable because it can't be duplicated. Yeah. If you if you had a chance, Stephen, let's say this, Stephen and Kurt and Max, you're you're going to go speak to your city council member. What what would you what would you want to leave them with? I, I would want to have them discuss with business people right. the practicality of what they're proposing. The mansion tax has no practicality. It's not based on profit or loss. It's based on the gross selling price, which if somebody paid a lot of money, I just saw there was a house at auction that sold for $12 million less than it was asking. That person lost uh, lost millions of dollars, but it sold for $19 million. So he's paying 5.5% tax, even though he lost $10 million. Yeah. That's not right. So I would think they should depend on business people, not special interest groups, to uh, make final determinations. Um, yeah, I, I think that we shouldn't just, Kurt, we, we shouldn't just sit here. We should be contacting our council members. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, we should be, but at the end of the day, I, you, you, right, what is yeah. that going to do? Right. Okay, you know, I contacted my council member and I told them my opinion. That's that's the problem. I think we, you know, it, it, there there has to be some something in place to really, that, that has the ability to, uh, you asked that question of Stephen, I think what I would say to my council member is, mm -hmm. is the entire, um, and this is not as a developer, I don't even like the word developer because it has a connotation of, you know, somebody who wants to. I'm sorry. Overbuild, take advantage of the system, build the. You know, I think developers for, are critical to to the industry. Without developers, you, nothing you can't build. build something beautiful. So what I would say, you know, they make it so difficult and and impossible, and and these projects take years and years and years to do. So one thing, technology hasn't advanced. We've advanced everything else, made it faster, quicker, more accessible. 
you know, when you deal with, you know, city agencies and building departments and planning and, and, and mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's insanely ridiculous. And it, we're, we're in the, you know, 1950s in terms of innovation and, and, and getting things done. Yeah. Why should it take three years to get something approved? I'll give, Why I'll should give it you take a, a short? It should every take three minute. minutes. It's yeah. like as long as you're within this formula, as long as your height is 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 not above this. That's it. What, what do you you know? Put people to work, get projects going, and they've done the opposite. They've they've they're they've afraid to say yes. Every, they're afraid to say everything yes. Everything to restrict and stop commerce. Um, people working and, and a lot of people are just the developers I know is that you know I'm I'm done you know yeah. aside from making me feel like a criminal when I'm trying to get something built you know it, it's on top of it the mansion tax on top of it so you're maybe done. now I, I'm not done but but it's so I can't say that you've announced it's, on it's our tough to make it it's tough to make it it's tough to make a decision based on the profit that you want to make, you now have to put these new rules into play between the mansion tax and the wildlife if it passes, and you're going to say, I can't build this and sell it at a profit. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to stop yeah. development. Look, and also you, you can see it. There are certain um, unnamed council members uh, in Beverly Hills. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's, there's one in Malibu as well. Um, and they just they say no to everything. Right. I mean, it's how, the, how they feel powerful. It's it's a power trip. It's yes. like when you go to the DMV and the person there says you got to go wait, you know, in right. that other and line, like, and there's I, nothing yeah. you can do. You can fight them, and then you're going to wait another hour. They want you to fight them. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, do, do is there any other pressing real estate news, or can we just have some fun now? Let's have Even, fun. Okay. Well, before we get into anything else, I I mean, I'm like obsessed with this submarine. Uh, that we've got like how many hours left? 21 hours left there underneath the sea. Max, I know you're following this one. Yeah, I just, you know, I was telling my dad earlier, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's fortuitous to be a billionaire thrill seeker yeah. in this situation. Kurt, what do, you, I, like, what, what do you think about that, Kurt? Should billionaires, uh, a lot of people don't like billionaires. I just want to say and hope it makes, I, I'm, a, I'm a lover of billionaires. Um, do you uh, think that billionaires should be messing around like this? In other words, this, this submarine is now missing at sea, which is, you know, people die, they, they sign a waiver. But now um, we're probably spending as much money as it costs to go down there to go find them. Maybe we're charging the, the, submarine, the submersible company for the rescue. Right, that's the, that, the going forward, or are we doing that? Well, You're saying like, I, I, first I of all, probably you know, would be. God, what a horrible, Kurt. horrible situation to, to think yes. about. It's, it's, it's unimaginable. Uh, yes. unimaginable to be somewhere in a submersible. Oh, knowing your, your, knowing your oxygen is running yeah, out. Like so basically I Basically really, in a barrel. You know, yeah. hope and pray for, of course. for, for well, a miracle. Of course, hope um, it makes. But, okay. but I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to restrict a billionaire's right to have fun? No. I mean, no. you want to, you know, let's legislate that. Let, let, let's make it even... The billionaires should have so a great do time. Do whatever you want. You billionaires make money, should have a great time. understand they the risk. They want to kill themselves, they can kill themselves. Excuse people me. Right. Kill, but, people but kill it, themselves skiing. Billionaires should have a great time. It should be that... It, bono. It, we, we, we've got... Billionaires should have a great time. We've set aside thirty million to find us. After you've exhausted the thirty million, uh, Zymic click. Go, uh, go and uh, go with go with luck. Well, but maybe you're responsible for your rescue if it's caused by your. Yeah. 
That's risk. It. You didn't want to say go with God. Go with love. <laughs> I don't use the word G-O-D. Um, the scary thing, though, is that there are like six different ways for that submersible to get to the surface. Mm -hmm. Like if this doesn't work and the power's out, this deploys or this happens and they're they, not, still, they still can't find it. The, so the, something bad happens. The crazy thing is that there is no... GPS. There's nothing. I lose my phone. I can, you know, I left it in in in, in a uh, in an Uber. I can yeah. find it. Okay. Um, you know, I can watch it move. But this this you know crazy vessel that it's a very and by the way, it's very tiny. Yeah. Oh. It's a very little vessel. They say claustrophobia. Yeah. You'd have to be right. They're like on top of each other anyway. I wouldn't get in it for free. I wouldn't. Right. Get in. I mean, I've seen the Titanic. It's a yeah. Great film. I Great saw movie. the documentaries. Yeah, with CGI, I don't, uh, you have to we, go we down let, there and we look let at James it. Cameron do all the all the hard work. Barely see it yes. down there. It's all rusted out. I don't well, need. Maybe to go there's see a headlight it. on the submersible that you yeah. can see. There's a headlight. Yeah, yeah I don't need. You to know, see on the it. on the on the yacht that you're going on, I was on last year. There's a sub five passenger sub on it. Uh, there's supposed to be. I, I think you'll find that it's not. But it, we were told there was a five, now passenger, five passenger sub, and every one of us said. We're not getting in that sub and going underwater. I mean, what, what's the Jerry Seinfeld line about scuba diving? I, yeah. I'm not a fan I'm of alive. a sport. I'm alive. <laughs> yes. Where the object is staying stay alive. alive. <laughs> I mean, I'm alive. That was surfing. <laughs> surfing. No, it, scuba it diving. It throws you out. You go in and it yes. throws you back out. <laughs> uh, we, big sporting event was here last week. The, Kurt, you're a new golfer. The U.S. Open was here. Did you, did you spectate? Did you get down there? I, I did go on the Friday. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was great. I did see a couple comments, though, from some of the golfers that yeah. were underwhelmed by the excitement level. They felt like it was uh, a couple of the quotes where it was a practice round. You yeah. know, it, when it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like it did. We discussed um, the reason for that last week, right, John? You know, I, I had a pass, and I was there. I, you know, I'm a core golfer. That's really my, yeah. that's really my thing. And I'm, I, was, I was so excited. I've been looking forward to this for years, that this was going to be right here in our backyard. And I was there Tuesday and walked the course, and I saw where the ropes were. And I just knew right then and there this was going to be the worst spectating uh, U.S. Open ever. You know, the most exciting... Well, the great thing about golf is going to a golf event is if you're willing to trek a general admission ticket, you can get yourself right on the tee box. In, in basketball and any of these other sports, you've got to have a very expensive ticket to see Steph Curry do what he does. In golf, you can get right there. You know, I think there were only seven tee boxes that were even accessible to the general public. Um, you were pulled very far away from the golfers. Uh, everywhere you went, I brought my daughter. Everywhere you went, it was corporate tents. I think 80% of the tickets went to uh, corporate events. The yeah. other 20%, um, I think LA Country Club's strategy was to buy as many as they could, and they bought like 10% of the remaining tickets. The remaining 10% were the fans. They were pulled far away. You know, uh, it's easier to play the game when the fans are very far away. There's less pressure. When they're all like crowded around you, that's where the nerves come. These guys had like a free pass at it. Uh, I, I thought it was a very disappointing U.S. Open. Well, no wonder the energy wasn't. Uh, energy yeah. was in Because if you can't, Except if for the not... schmuck that yells, in the hole, oh, God, in the hole. I, I, here's another question. Well, Baba Booey. And I did. No the, more. The, uh, the final round was, was fun to watch yeah. at home. 
Um, yeah, at home. Much but, better. <laughs> but the choppers going over, it yeah. was like, why is there... Uh, for me, that was cool. Because for me, it was like... It's not cool. No, I know. While, while, while you're trying to hear what, yeah. you know. But, you know, it was like, boy, we are really, this piece of land in the middle of the oh. city, Kurt, you're maybe They're more than anyone. One day. Kurt, maybe more than anyone in this city, I'm sitting here with you. And there's been a lot of speculation about what the value is of LA Country Club. But, you know, I'm looking at you. You're probably the one that can put a price on this better than anyone. I know it's very difficult to do, it's early in the morning. If you were to say what that vast piece of property is worth the open market. What do you think that was? Well, I mean, it's, it's got to be, you know, it's 10 miles maybe. It's 300 and some odd acres. Yeah. Completely level in between Beverly Hills, Holmby Hills and yeah. and and uh, you know, Let me guess. just below Bel Air. 4 billion. I I think mm -hmm. upwards of 4 billion. Got to be sure. worth more than I, that. I think yeah. we're going to see the day. Wait, wait, wait. It's worth way more than 4 billion. Come on. We're going to see the day when it is when the woke crowd says, here's this place that would be ideal for, f for affordable housing, yet they have two 18-hole golf courses in the middle of town. We should be utilizing this land. So better. eminent domain. We're going to take it I'm over. I'm telling you, I've read articles where there, yeah, that's I, been a discussion. They have a lot of land. Um, yeah, also, you know... Well, I could make a great argument for it. Do I'm it. totally against it. Well, you've got a bunch of rich old white guys yeah, who they are... Yeah, they say that. Um, you know, but, you know, play golf, they, right. and we have a housing shortage. Right. Um, and, House it know, up, dog. Let's, let's you know, let's yeah. take the land and, yeah. and uh, you know, put it to good use and, and, you know, have affordable housing and... Yeah, you know we have a homeless problem, and you know there, there's a zillion different ways that somebody could, yeah. you know, which is terrible to think about that that's even in the. Well, it is. It's their. It's, their, it's somebody's it, land. You it's own their it. Their land. They own it. They, they own it legitimately. They, they didn't it, steal pretty, it from as anyone. As long as they don't try to put a basement on it, they could do what they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, with a new wildlife ordinance, they could build on 300 acres, a couple yeah. thousand square foot house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, just just a couple thousand feet. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Stephen, are you, do you have something to say? Boom, boom. Yeah, I'd, li I'd like to segue now into, I don't know whether to call this the funky plex or the Rappaport plex, but where we are, what's here, how he accomplished this, because that's why he's I'm just going to make one more point with the U.S. Open, and then we're going to go. So there was, you know, this game had... But my Italy was too long. He's, he's still talking about... Uh, Touché. My... My, the, the game is in turmoil in a lot of ways. What I thought was so interesting is you've got this, this huge piece of land that's basically blue blood owned, right? And a lot of people were complaining about that. And then above the whole thing, the, what was the biggest skyline view that you saw in most of the shots was the Beverly West in the background. Yeah. So the Saudi-owned yeah. property. Great that, location. How, how long have they owned that thing? It's the Saudi connection to golf. How, how, <laughs> the how live tower. They, how long have they owned that thing? Like, tw how long has the Beverly West been completed? Ten years. More. More. Do you think it's been more. done oh, more than more. ten years? No way. Really? Yeah. 90s. Oh, I was old. Yeah. It's old. I'm, I'm old. Let's see. 
Um, a little old. I think more than they're, 10 years. They're not moving. It was the Christmas tree lot. They years. must it have been watching this Christmas event. Trees. Those Saudis must have been watching that event, and every time they saw their building, they must have been cheering like they it was They didn't even world. know they own it. It's incredible. And then they realized. Oh, we own that too. Okay. Then they realized they haven't sold every unit yet. All right. There's enough of the. They don't know that. There's enough for the current events. Guys, is a big, big show. Kurt Rappaport. Um, 2009. You know what's nice about Kurt is wow. Kurt's probably the biggest real estate agent, um, certainly in our office. Seven uh, foot three. <laughs> in our office. In the United States of America. I don't know about real estate other countries, but certainly here. He's here. But what I really like about him is he's at, at heart, he's one of the guys. He's fun. He's just he's a great guy. You root for him. And he's here with us today. And there's a lot of questions we have, and we're in his private office, which I'm going to say is just the, the most beautiful, tasteful. Kurt, you've developed a lot of homes, and here you are in your, this Art Deco building, right, which forced you into a direction. Uh, tell me about what that journey was like for you. Can I, I, I need to interject here. Okay. Because you, you skimmed over Kurt's accomplishments in the real estate business. When I called uh, him the biggest is, real estate he, agent he, in the country, was that the, the point? He is the most successful real estate agent. Which I called him. He has sold multiple $100 million plus houses. Okay. Uh, you can Google he, that. You know, I want to talk about stuff that he won't talk about himself, and maybe he will, I don't know. But he, he is, in, in the face of a recession, he sold a $200 million house. Mazel tov. He sold... Thank you. 125. He sold 187. He sold a 177. Okay. There's. He's the biggest real estate agent in the country. Got it. But but there needs to be context for that. Okay. So go ahead. Put in. I'm. We just did. You need some more. We just did. Very very kind. Thank you. And he's he's my partner for 24 years. Well, I think that we literally have never never had a fight. So we had two things we disagreed about. Right. Which I don't even remember what they were, and we (laughs) solved them in less than five minutes. All right, you make because sense. You win, the, I said. you win the dollar bets all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm 20. We've bet. We've had I think 24, 25 bets that we've placed. I've won 24 of the 25. It's a dollar each time. Yeah. I give them to you. See, yes. What's fun? What's fun about Kurt? I'm just I'm just doing this at random, and I, I think people want to know what makes Kurt so special, and you know, um, just being exposed to him. Do you guys? What's the name of the Rams coach? The head coach of the Rams? I don't remember. Kurt. Head coach of the Rams, the kid, the, the young the, guy, the young oh guy, Sean, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Sean McVay has yes. this thing where they I don't even discuss. watch football. Sean McVay has this thing where they say to him, um, uh, "Lions, Redskins, third down and two, third quarter, uh, no, third third quarter, ten minutes and forty seconds. What happens?" And Sean McVay goes, uh, "Slant play out to the right, uh, didn't make." So Kurt is almost the same way in real estate. I'm just gonna just at random. Uh, maybe he can do it. If not, we'll cut this out. I'm going to give you a house. Let's see if you know the, who, who lives there or the story. Uh, g- g- let's go Cove. Give me something on Cove. Give me a, a, a thousand Cove. That's easy. Um, that? that was the Gene Klein estate. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene Klein owned the San Diego, po- uh, the, the, the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, that's the, right. Original, uh, original General Life Insurance. Yeah. Yes, um, Used and one, it was dealer. one of the uh, Burton Green houses at, at, at one point, and uh, you know belonged to a Saudi family. Now Jeff Palmer owns it, Big house. Uh, has restored it, um, has a great tennis tournament there once a year, where you know all the top 
amateur tennis players in town play with some pros and has a little like private tennis tournament um, and uh, you know has great gates you know yeah. 18 foot tall gates that you go up a 400 foot driveway and Stephen, when did you know that Kurt? I think important to ask Kurt for for our since this is a real estate podcast. Yeah, what, what he attributes his success to, and how he would what advice he would give to a new person in the business. Um, Kurt, your, your partner just asked you a question. Uh, good question, Stephen. Thank you. Um, I think it's really just about you know following your gut instinct, and and that's what I always did. I I you know self-taught. I remember going to the training programs at Merrill Lynch when uh, that's where I started, which Merrill Lynch became part of Coldwell Banker. And you have a failed salesperson teaching salespeople how to sell. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, literally things like, you know, uh, to a class where everyone's taking copious notes on, on, on what to do and what they're going to do when they get their license and what to study for and all this and how to interact with clients. And, and you have the teacher uh, saying, does anyone here know what ABC means? Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, raise the hand. Yeah, always be closing. Like, this yeah. guy just saw Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and he now wants to feel like he's that guy, and he's, mm -hmm. you know, n clearly not that guy. Right. Uh, How old were you? 19. That's amazing to me. And you had a briefcase at 19. Is that true? <laughs> I heard you had a briefcase it at 19. Was a, it was a, yeah, very slim, you had a, you had a, aluminum, Did you feel stylish. like you had it? Did you feel like you had to... Play older than you are. James Bond had a briefcase. Did, uh, I, listen, I love an attaché. Did you feel like you had to play older than you are? You were 19. You were trying to sell Beverly Hills estates. Look at that time. Like today, to be young mm -hmm. is is an asset, right? You know. But uh, I think then. then it was a little bit. If you didn't have the experience, how do I trust this kid? Right. You know. Now you have you know guys in their early 20s that are CEOs of some Fortune 500 tech companies and things like that or certainly well-positioned or, you know, where youth is, is an asset, uh -huh. um, you know, uh, you can, you know, knowledge is everything. Yeah. So if, if you sit with somebody and they know what they're talking about, it, 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 so it the big, if makes not, you feel like they're experienced. So the one thing, when people come up to you, and I'm sure they do it every day, a, 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 a customer's daughter wants to get into it, what's the one thing you say to them? What's, the th what's just like the, the big line you give to everybody? Here's how you... Here's how you Here's how you get your business going. It's it's what what would be. I, I, look, it's it's be prepared to to work very hard to mm -hmm. to, to bet on yourself. Yep. And a lot of people aren't, and that's fine. They're they're people who need a paycheck every two weeks, mm -hmm. and they need that consistency because the anxiety of not making money for a while can be very very taxing. If that's not who you are, if you're not somebody who's willing to bet on yourself and your ability and have the time. Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, you have to be 100%. You know, you're not going to do this as a hobby. You know, I, a lot of people say, well, I'm doing this, but I want to produce. But I, exactly. Show. You're going to do none of them well. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's about just being, dedicated you know, completely yeah. dedicated and, and understanding people and, you know, utilizing your, your contacts. There's too many people cold calling and chasing after people and writing them, you know, emails to people they don't know and, and sending letters and putting them in the mailbox. They go in the trash. Like, I'm not yeah. calling a stranger ever. I'm going to deal with somebody, you know, that, that at least if I don't know them comes highly recommended to me. And that's, you got to get in their network. So that the advice is to find whatever your network is and, and, and go after it. You know, if you're in the PTA, then, you know, 
PTA meetings. But get out there, meet that's people, what you do. talk. In, yeah, if you're in the art world, you, you, you utilize those contacts. And, I think, and, Max, you're utilizing, yeah. utilizing your food contacts. Well, it's not that, what I was going to say, hard work is a given, but at the end of the day in this business, you can learn everything you can about real estate. If you don't have relationships and connections and a network, you're not going to make any money. I mean, so that's the True. thing. You have to, you have to, because over the years, you've amassed an unbelievable network and relationships, which in turn feeds this incredible success that you've had. And, and I think that you need to, like you said, you need to, to get that network and those relationships in order to be successful. Because there's so many people that know a lot about, you know, the, the inner workings, but they don't know, but they don't, but they don't know people. You got, you have to stick with it. Stay in your lane. It's like, how many people do we know who they're on their third or fourth career? They were, you know, producing movies. They're in the, you know, a tech startup They're, You know, it's always something new and never, you know, had they just stayed in, in one thing and really focused on it, you know, I just like to say that that doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make Thank them you. bad people. It just uh, doesn't make Steven, them successful real estate agents. Stephen, when did you know that Kurt was someone that you just wanted to spend as much time as you could with and, and, and partner up with and start your own brokerage? What did you see in the boy? When, when, he, when he came over to, uh, over to my house when he was quite young in a chauffeur- Still quite young. In a chauffeur-driven Mercedes <laughs> with his briefcase. He did have the, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I like what I see in the boy. Um, uh, Max, you had well, some... Well, actually, I'm going to interject. Okay. When, we were, when we were with Stan Herman, Stephen Shapiro and Associates, and uh, Stan Herman had decided he didn't want to get into technology and get into computers and stuff, and I, I went to Kurt, who was the top salesperson even then, and I said, let's open our own business. We'll each put up you know, $100,000, and without hesitation, he said, okay, and that was it. He I makes like decisions. That. I do like that. Yeah, you, look, you have to make decisions, right? There's nothing worse than somebody who literally can't decide which way. Yeah. I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a top interior designer, and he was, you know, telling me about one certain Hollywood client, guy who runs a studio, and he's literally, to get this guy to make a single decision about what side of the desk, you know, is the phone charger going to go on? It's like, you know, is it the left side, the right side? You know, and then he changes it, makes a decision. Unbelievable. I, I heard a great story about David Geffen's second hand, which was he was out somewhere, and his, uh, his designer in New York was asking him questions about a room he was designing that was an all-black room, and he was, like, getting into the details a little bit, and David said, I'm paying you not to ask me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought that was interesting. Well, it's, David is always, you know, cut to the chase as smart as it gets. And, and find the best people and let them let, do their let business. Let talented people do their thing. So you're, you're in a new chapter um, of your life. You're in this commercial building. Uh, you have a restaurant. I'm going to let Max get into the details a little bit about Funky, um, and then we can uh, just have some more fun. Max, do you want to ask Kurt a yeah, couple questions Yeah, I just I have so many questions. I mean, you, you've conquered the world of real estate, developing homes, but now you are a restaurateur. Um, I want to know what was the most difficult thing that you weren't expecting in building the restaurant, and then what has been the most difficult thing that you haven't been expecting since opening the restaurant? 
Well, building the restaurant, we, we, we literally built it in COVID. So the most difficult thing in the beginning, you know, when the restaurant industry was completely shuttered, it's kind of crazy to build a crazy restaurant, you know, when you don't know when people will come back, if they will, mm -hmm. you know, are they going to go to restaurants anymore? Are they, you know, are you going to sit at home and order, you know, Postmates? And, and, you know, and then you start seeing, you know, nice restaurants on Postmates. And, you know, so that's sort of just the anxiety of, of like, you know, our restaurant, not that restaurants would ever go away, but would they come back to how they were or, you know, hopefully be even better than they were. So that, that's the difficult part. Um, and the other question was about... Since opening, what's been the thing that has been the most difficult that you also weren't expecting? Just, I mean, I, I guess I was expecting... When you do a restaurant, you know, with a, a guy that, um, you know, is arguably the number one chef, not only in, in L.A. right now, but in America for doing what he's doing, um, you know, who's had the two most uh, successful restaurants in the city, and, and this is his crowning achievement. Uh, of course, you know, you know I, I hoped it would be successful and people reaching out, but, you know, there, I get a, you know, I spend more time responding to people, connecting them with the reservations manager and <laughs> It's like I don't book tables. It's not. You, yeah. You know, I let, and that's, and I promised Evan when when we um, decided on our partnership that I'm not. You know, I, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to let the operations people do their thing. I, I I'm certainly not going to get involved in. Mm -hmm. What's your thing? The design, the artwork, the coffee. Did you I, I want to make sure that there was bread service for the people? I, I, I want for free bread service. <laughs> free bread service. I like free bread. <laughs> <laughs> you get the, the bread and then a check? I like a bread service. Yeah, so a couple <laughs> glasses of water, some bread. And, and a bread, and he's and, done. And maybe you'll split a salad just to make it look legitimate. And, and, and uh, Third, I asked you a yes or no three question. Three hours at the table. I asked you a yes or no question. Do you have a bread service? <laughs> uh, we have a fresh focaccia bread that, that's made you know, beautifully that I don't think is free. It's definitely not, not, free. It. not free. Okay. Definitely not free. Okay, but yes. worth it. But worth it. All right. So my, my part of, of the restaurant um, comes as a, I, I've always loved to go out to dinner. I love restaurants in LA. It was always part loved. of my, you know, spending time with, you know, friends or even, you know, business people. My business life was always my social life. My social life was my business life in a sense. So I would be at every, every restaurant and enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing people and, and you know, having a glass of wine and great food. And, and, you know, I think there's something really, really special about that. And, um, you know, there's nothing that was worse to me than going to some place that was a loud, buzzy restaurant, not being able to have a conversation. Why are these restaurants so loud now? My ear, because they don't spend anything. any money to make it's them money. soundproof. It's, it's the money. money. It's, it's value engineering, so you were, which are two words that are -E. not in my vocabulary. But you were like, make, you, it, make, the, make it so people can come here, have a conversation, yeah, because entertain their friends. It, it, you know, the restaurant has 20... Two foot ceilings, and in, in, in it's on three levels. But on, on the main dining room, it, it you know there's a lot of glass. There's a giant pasta lab in the center of the room that looks like a Damien Hirst steel and glass cubed installation where the people inside are making the pasta by hand. So we know the glass, the high ceilings. Are it, they indentured it, servants in there, locked in the glass booth? There's no indentured. They're passionate <laughs> foodies. Oh boy, here we go with Stephen <laughs> jokes. But, you know, to, really, to, to bring a sound engineer in and, and, and to, you know, upholster all the walls and the ceilings and to put, you know, uh, the, the theater baffling, you know, as your foam and your 
underneath the fabric in the booths and things like that, that that really make a difference. On the cooking equipment, um, you know, they're little pieces of, of rubber so you don't hear banging. Um, banging and clanking. There's nothing worse than the clank. And, and that's really, that's what you hear in a restaurant. You, you know, you hear, you can hear the, uh, the busboy with the, with the, Buck the plastic uh, tub of of tables and the sh- uh, of plates and and utensils that you don't want to hear when when they plate the food on the marble counter embedded in the marble is old leather because yeah. when you put a plate on old leather you don't hear it wow bang and oh it, it makes a really big difference and you 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 don't notice it's subtle things so that was my part of just making the experience feel good and, and look great and, uh, you know, tried to put some interesting, fun art in the restaurant to elevate it and, and to, um, that was all, you know, all of it has a bit of, even the art has a relationship to food. There's, mm-hmm. you know, Ed Ruscha made these prints in 1970 with organic food dyes and his oh, words yeah. in them all have to do with things that happen in a restaurant. Wow. Uh, one of them says news, which is the what people you know are talking about when they're at dinner. One of them says pews, p e w s, which are are, are where you sit. Mm-hmm. Um, chews are what you eat. Brews are what's in the pot. Stews, and uh, you know obviously again with the food and dues are what you pay. You pay at the yeah. end. So it was just kind of like uh, you know finding. Let, 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 let's let's see what the restaurant savant says from the. Dining perspective. Yes. No. So when when Kurt mentions those things, and you do eat in the restaurant, you you hear people talking, the buzz that you like to hear in a busy restaurant, but it doesn't impede on your own conversation. Where let's say you have someone that, you know, I ate next to someone that had a very thick accent, but I could understand everything he was saying because I could actually hear him. Um, and you don't really hear a lot of that superfluous noise around you. So that soundproofing really does work, but you're still hearing music. You're still hearing the buzz of a restaurant, but it's not affecting. Oh, yeah, you want the buzz. The buzz is the yeah. energy. It's, yeah. That's key and important. But what you don't want is the, the loud background Max, distraction you, noise. Max, you go to all these restaurants all over the world. Yeah. What, what did you like when you left Funky? What was your takeaway like, boy, when you go to this place other than the, the, the one in Venice and the one in Hollywood. What did you say? This is special right here in Beverly Hills. Well, it's well, this is the only funky, by the way. Correct. This is, there's not a one here. This is not a chain I, I, restaurant. I, you know what? Shame on me. One investor. Shame on me. One chef, one place. Shame on me. But one love. His other restaurants. Yeah. His, other, his other restaurants. Is that an expression or a saying? You heard of that? One love ever? I, Yo. I've, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've never experienced it, but I have heard the words. <laughs> I think the biggest thing um, is that Evan is a workaholic, right? Yeah. So, f- you know, when you're in the restaurant, the guy's there at the pass, or he'll have to step behind the pass and go in the kitchen, teach someone how to do something. He's looking at everything coming out. Um, and we, we kind of live in an age where chefs that have reached that level of success kind of delegate a little more and let other people run the show when he is... He, is, he has no life other than the restaurant life. And, and when you taste things, the seasoning, like he's and right cer- there. And certain elements, that's, that's kind of the difference maker mm-hmm. um, compared to a bunch of other places that 
are very busy and, and well regarded. It's it's just that extra detail and that extra that level of work. Was that important for you, Kurt, with your agreement with him? Did you have a conversation? You know, listen, it's going to be the two of us, but you're going to be here. You're going to be. I uh, it it wasn't. I didn't have to have that conversation because I knew his ethic. Yeah. Um. I, I read something that has his dedication. name on the door, and when you put the when you put the guy's name on the door, it, it, you're he's. That you know, that's his last name, so he's gonna really. It's a was a big deal for him to do. We originally weren't gonna call it funky. Call it uh, Rappaport's? No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> but it kind of well, made sense, and it was kind of a. It's a great name. It's it a, think a of the name. double entendre. Name. Let's have drinks at Funky. Let meet me at you know at, at, for would, a bite to eat at Funky. Like, when you look sounds? at me in the eye like that, Kurt. <laughs> yes, I will. Happy to meet you anytime. You just let me know. As Happy long to, as it's free. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm happy to pay for. <laughs> My portion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, Loves going Dutch. Max, Max. Yeah, and so, so since you've opened a restaurant, have you broadened your uh, palate to try new things, or, or does the chicken still reign chicken. supreme? <laughs> well, I love chicken. Yes, so you, know. Know. Yeah, you know. I have a whole piece here, a thought piece on your chicken. Uh-oh. Who, who, but he makes no. this. Is this the best chicken? Kurt. This we, is, did you tell him how? Let's not promote the chicken that only him, you can eat. Did you tell him how important the chicken is? The chicken's amazing. It is the hands down. It's the best chicken in the world. Is it uh, on the menu? Is it's it? not on the menu. Okay, so, so, so listener, only, only makes never it, know what this chicken only, tastes like. Right. And I say, I, I said, this is unbelievable. And and those who have dined with me, who've had the chicken, That's have true. said. Chef, you have to put this on the menu. And, and he, he says no chicken. He doesn't want to. Oh, did you have it last night? I did have it last night. Uh-huh. And next, <laughs> next time I see you in the restaurant, can you can you slip me a little bite of the chick? But the chicken's almost its own. You know, people now are at. Can I get? The, I've heard about the chicken, so it's it's a. <laughs> Does your wife? Your name's not Kurt, if you're asking, and uh, you're not are getting you, it. Are you still superstitious like Wade Boggs before you're about to go to a big showing? You'll only have chicken. <laughs> Remember, we used to call you Wade Boggs. That's right. He only eats chicken. And so does Kurt. Well, the guy hit 388 one. So <laughs> how do you argue with that? I'm not arguing. <laughs> El Pollo Rappaport. Speaking of baseball, yes. Um, well, but we all know you're you're an avid avid baseball fan. Season ticket holder. You sports uh, fan. You got but baseball into, is special. You did something that is very exciting to me personally. Um, you got into baseball card collecting, right? I did. Do you only have one card? No, I have uh, I have several. Tell me about your you have one you have a perfect card or tell me about the most valuable card you have. I know you have a what's his name Homer Simpson. Oh, Honus, oh, yeah. <laughs> Homer Simpson. <laughs> what's the Homer card? One of the Hall of Fame great baseball players of our. Honus Wagner. Homie. Yes. Ho- Honus Wagner. Honus Homie. Wagner was famous. Why, John? Uh, because he has it's the first baseball card. No, it wasn't oh. the first baseball. Okay. Card. Baseball cards many years before that. I don't know why. But he was famous because they. The baseball cards were, were used to sell tobacco. Right. They were tobacco cards. Right. Right. And the legend goes that he actually found out he didn't want, you know, and this is, you know, over 100 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, didn't want his image used to have kids want to be like him and, and use tobacco. Right. What a- Chew it, smoke it, whatever they were doing with the tobacco like, I don't want at that any- time. So his cards Got were, pulled? he pulled them. Wow. And they were very scarce. How now, 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 on top of that, he was the best player in the game. How many at did that they make? Time. There's only 50 in existence wow. today. 
Um, wow. And I, well, mine is one of the, it, it's not the best, but it's, it's one of the five best. And best is based on cornering, based on, based on what? Uh, based on, there, there's, centering, a, there's a couple companies that do grading. There's one that's the, the foremost expert on it, you know, most well-regarded um, company. But it's, it's based on a condition, and some of condition are, you know, scratches, uh, corners being not sharp. Um, you know, we've got a piece of cardboard that's over a hundred years old, you know, unless it's been Pristine, locked in a, yeah. in a safe. Where did yours come And you got to remember that people didn't, it's not like in, in that era or even in, you know, I collect, you know, vintage cards of, of hall, you know, best of best hall of famers, best year, best class. Um, does the signature devalue it? Yes, usually it does. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it does because it, 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 it's, it's think secure. of, you know, it's, it's across the entire image usually. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't make it worth nothing. And, and they will, the, the, there's the grading companies grade the signature and the card. And there are people who collect those and love those. But those aren't as valuable as the ones. So what's my Sandy Koufax signed baseball and signed card worth? Uh, Eleven bucks. Well, what year? What card? I mean, that's like saying going to a doctor and saying, you know, what's wrong with me? And I haven't had an X-ray, and you haven't told me your symptoms. Does it have any value? Yeah, Koufax is one of the you know greatest players to ever play. Yeah, Kurt, overrated, underrated. Uh, Collecting artwork, collecting baseball cards. That the gratifi- gratification is that just a wonderful thing to collect. What's not so great? Having cars, I'm sure you've gone through phases of all these things. What, what's that I for have. You? I'm over cars. I collected cars. I had old Ferraris. Uh, not for you. Stop. You know, Pass. Daytona Spiders and uh, not interesting. No, it's, it's just fine. It's, over. it's fine. Not that it's not interesting. The cars are beautiful, but it's, it's just, just not fun. It's just not comfortable. What, I don't drive great. What is so. what, what is spectacular? <laughs> what is spectacular? You ever you ever been in a 300 old SL? It's, it's uncomfortable. It's, uh, going. It's like being go in way a, down. Yes. And then you got to get way up. It's very love uncomfortable. Love the going. But they're beautiful. I, I loved it for a thousand miles. Oh, you had yeah. a going? No, I had I had that Mercedes going, but I hated it. He's talking about the SLR. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm, not. He's talking I'm, about I'm, the vintage one. I'm I know talking what about. He's talking about. I never had a 300. 1955 you, you to 1962 300 SL going or That was a. Stephen, don't get mad. He's just asking. Love the yes. look of it. Um, yeah, so what what uh, what what is just really hits you like wow this is great the baseball cards what? well the baseball cards are art really they're small portraits if you look at the you know the fifty two top set yeah. is is iconic it's a beautiful those one? are like Warhols you have it I don't have a set but I have you know I have the mantle I have the Jackie Robinson I have you know all the important mm-hmm. I, I don't care what they call commons you know people collect sets they have they're hundreds of cards, you know, for every player who played in the league. You know, I, I don't collect sets. That, that to me, is a little... You, you want... I, 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 I like the images. Um, Where do you keep them? Either in a vault. I keep some of them at home. I built a... Uh, in, in my office at, at home, I built a uh, glass cabinet where um, there are prongs that we had, you know, a guy who does art installations, you know, build to hold the cards. So it looks like they're floating in air. They're behind two-inch glass. They're, um, 
alarm, humidified alarm and protected, protected, alarm protected. May I see that one day? May I, I'd love to see them. Yeah, I'd love to okay. see you and tell you the history of them. I would love that, to spend you know. that time with you. My favorite card is the Jackie Robinson rookie card, I, though even more so than the Honus Wagner. Why is that? Just because of his, his history? Because of his history, because he was a Dodger. I love yeah, the Dodgers. I know uh, because of what he means. I love the Dodgers Be- because of love the Dodgers. Because there's no one who will ever wear 42. Listen to me. Yes. I love the Dodgers because of how much you love the Dodgers. <laughs> I root for the Dodgers because you're rooting for the Dodgers. It's amazing how I get so excited and my emotions go up and down over a bunch of grown men who are all multimillionaires throwing a base, you know, wearing tight pants, Very throwing tight a baseball pants. around, how it affects my mood. Does it bother <laughs> you that, the, that a lot of the pitchers are so fat now they don't look like athletes? No, it bothers me if they're not producing. Producing. If they're not getting the so ball over, they if they're not painting the they corner. Look, Steven just likes to focus on their physique. You don't think they should look like Clayton Kershaw, be, be slim and I, I mean, I look, right. look at... You know, CC Sabathia. I know. He was, I, know. Uh, you know. Right. I interrupted Max. Yes. He has a few more of the Can detail. we get back to the restaurant a little bit and tie yes. it into real estate? Yes. <laughs> has has this opening this restaurant allowed you such a better opportunity to have friends and clients come to you and have you entertain them? I mean, I feel like it's almost a given that having this is allowing for so much more interaction. I, I, it's an unintended consequence that, yeah. that just, just happened. I mean, if, if I didn't own the building and I didn't have the chef, I wouldn't have done it because, let's be honest, you know, spending millions of dollars to build a restaurant is probably not a great investment. R-O-I. But when you do historically, it... Historically, no. Historically, no. That's like two things you don't invest yeah. in, restaurants and, and films. And, and a boat. <laughs> and a yacht. <laughs> yes. What are the two best days when you own a yacht? Yeah, when you sell Buy it. it and sell it. The day you bought it and the day you sold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been it's look it's it's been an amazing experience. Um, the, the you know I didn't want to take partners. People said, oh, you know, you should have take ten of the most well connected people you know and just take you know an investment from them so that they can. Have ownership. Have ownership, and they'll want to bring their friends there and say, come to my place and do that. It's commonly done sometimes in really high-end restaurants where there's a small group of investors. I've invested, you know, thrown a little money at restaurants here and there. Ever get any of it back? Over the years. Um, Sometimes, yes. You can't, you know, they're they're not big enough investments where, where you really care that much. But And, and sometimes you're just happy to get the money back. Um but this, this was different because, you know, I own the building and I didn't want to take money from friends and God forbid it didn't succeed. I also didn't want to explain why I'm spending... X on X. X on X. Yeah. Because you know what? It makes the room stunning and beautiful and that's what we need to do. You know, people don't get that. People are always looking to cut. I believe the more you spend, the more something's worth. And that is a lost art and that's something that most people and I don't want to explain to an investor you know who's you know overlooking uh, you know why are you know <laughs> why did you spend so much on this why did you do that yeah and um, that's the ability of not having partners so. I noticed that when I've eaten I've been three times now that you take the table where you can see everybody coming why in. wouldn't you that's the why wouldn't he dog table. he paid for that table yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for autonomy. Yeah. First off, pretty much you you can you there you can be at any. Uh, uh, You're sitting at a table seeing me, which means I'm seeing you, which means we're seeing the same thing. So yeah, but I heard you. you, I I heard you put it. You picked out the ring 
that you're going to have people kiss when they walk by. Is that true? Not at all. <laughs> uh, oh. listen, are you, listen, someone else picked it out. <laughs> You know not what? me. I would not. You know, I'm not good at rings. Are you concerned? I, I don't want need to get into the commissions uh, you earn. You, you do very well for yourself. Um, are you concerned that some of your clients are going to come into the restaurant and be looking for a free bowl of pasta? No. No, you're not. You're not. No. John is speaking. By the way, they're not. <laughs> John's your client. We've got a running theme here. This is free our bread, <laughs> free bread, free pasta. It's been, John's mantra. <laughs> Listen, if you're listening at home and you're uh, looking for a real estate agent, I fight as hard for your money as I do for my own. <laughs> By the way, John, to, to your, to your questions nice about what's That's free, yeah. when I have dinner in the restaurant, yeah. I pay 100%. Exactly. I, there's no discount. I'm not, I, well, it's paying it essentially to myself and, yeah. and to my partner. So I'll be to other restaurants and, mm-hmm. and is happy to pay. But exactly, because if I, it's like if you're... You know, you run Live Nation and you get 18 million requests for tickets. You know, it's very hard. Where do you cut the line? So, yeah. you know, even you pay for You want concert tickets, you pay for them. Kurt, and you cut the line at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max, I, I have a little speed round. Um, yeah. I, I could stay here all day with you. We haven't even talked about your office. I'd love to just, if you can Both give us a, back future appointments a visual tour. Max, do you have any more restaurant questions? Uh, no, I think I've exhausted them. Okay. Uh, and how many times have you been now? Thrice. Thrice, yeah. One other little restaurant. Like one of the other goal was not to over quality over quantity, not overstuffing it with tables. Yeah, you know, an original layout. You know, there, you know, there was every inch, and it just didn't. It didn't feel right. You could have. I so, hate. Which is kind of opposite to what you know. You want to get as many people in. You want to. You know, there's there, we have fifteen hundred people a night. Yeah. On on a notify list, which is a waiting list where they put their credit cards into the Resi system. And they're waiting for the restaurant to click yeah. that they have a table. And they put their parameters in. I can come anytime between 6 and 9 Kurt, o'clock. Kurt, you're like Adele in Vegas right now, babe. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm wishing Well, you... Adele's first go-around didn't I... go well. So, <laughs> which Adele? Uh, wait, what are you talking about? Well, she had the show. The quality wasn't there. It never happened. Oh. Uh, then it was a whole oh, thing. But there's now. Now it's going. Now it's phenomenal. It, yeah. Yeah, it's it, incredible. It, That's it, why she didn't do it, because it wasn't good enough. Now it's like funky. There you go. Funky Adele. Um, <laughs> guys, I have, a, uh, uh, I have a quick speed round, just some fun questions to ask you. I, I hope you're game for them. Okay. Um, Fire. Let's see. Thank you for sending these last night too, John. Yeah, so I can actually oh, look I, no, I don't. I don't want. No, I have not heard no, seen okay. these questions. That's so. right. Does does your your beautiful wife Zorana? Uh, is it, is I that say, a question? No. Am I saying it right, <laughs> Zorana? Zorana. Yes, her name is Zorana. What yes. are, What are some of her pet names for you? Uh, hun, baby, hun, baby, love. She calls you baby. She calls me baby. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, just curious. Yeah. Um, does she know? Oh, she knows how much you like chicken. She knows how much. I'm where is where's your favorite? Where's the best cheap chicken cheap. in the city? Like, where do you have a taco? Is there any place you go like this is an underrated pieard? Cheap chicken in the city. Well, I, I underrated pieard. You know what I'm saying? You know, Kurt, you, do you understand the question? Where's your chicken? I don't know about. I well, I, <laughs> uh, you know what? Funny enough, Gregorio at Nobu makes a great 
chicken. And why would you not go to Nobu for chicken? <laughs> of course, because exactly. that's what. No, this is a good one. This is yes, a good okay. one. Okay, that's. But I'm just saying, you, you know, it's under the radar. Aren't the obvious? Under the radar. Exactly. Nobody thinks of Nobu and chicken, but he actually for a reason. What is it? Well, he he does it a few different ways. He does. He can put it on a waffle if you like. Uh-huh. You know, chicken and waffles are amazing. Not exactly a signature dish dish for a Japanese restaurant. Okay, next. How about a chicken restaurant with a great uh, The chicken? best chicken used to be, though, in Saint-Tropez. Inexpensive. Okay. It was a walk-up place that's very famous. Okay. I forget the name. It's right in that let's little Let's break it square. down to Los Angeles. Okay. Keep it local. <laughs> let's, let's Put the poisson. Do you, and, do you believe... We in, didn't get a chicken recommendation for L.A. We did. Matt said did. Nobu. Nobu. That's a great recommendation. What you don't think Zanku. No, he's not he's not, he's, Dude, he's not I feel like Zanku is so if, if 15 years ago. It's yeah. No, it's we're not, not, but we're it's not, not fast casual. Yeah. Um next. Okay. It's Moving on. Who, who, who throws a better dinner party? Puffy, uh Beyoncé and Jay-Z or Carlos Slim? Uh I'm going to have to go and they're all great different dinner parties. I'm going to have to go with Carlos Slim. Why is that? A wide cross-section of people. It's like Noah's Ark. You you have interesting people in business, in communication, in sports. Would I feel welcome there? You know, and and in, you know, in Hollywood and everything else. Is it free, John? Is it free? (laughs) No, guys, I'm not. Stop. I like something. I'm willing to pay. I do like something on the arm. I'm not a bad person. (laughs) Yes. I'm willing to go. I'm happy to pay for my pasta and my salad at Funky. Can but you give me some bread? bread? Okay. <laughs> but not the bread. Yeah. I'm not looking. I don't want free. And there, Carlos's are small, intimate. He's charming. You know, he, he's. Okay. Um, you have another, John? Yeah, I got okay. plenty. Um, okay. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> I believe in uh, legal aliens, yes. Do you, yeah. do, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in aliens? There was just good a thing answer. in Las Vegas. Very good answer. I, I, I know enough to know that I don't know. I my, my my instinct is no. Mm-hmm. But how are we defining an alien? Is any other form of life? You know, then things, maybe I, I, I'm a yes on that. There's all okay. these things, these pilots that are like the most solid guys you'll ever, and they're like, that's that's not one of us when they're out in the sh- in the planes. Have yeah, you but seen those videos? Uh, you, uh, you can buy a drone for twenty five dollars and fly okay. it. Like sounds nobody like knows. Kurt, it's it's it sounds to me like Kurt to know, which to me means. He is one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, but I I heard aliens had visited, and they determined who, who who's telling you this? I'm hey, Stephen. Aliens, I'm, by the way, aliens visited, I, and they left because they found out that the dogs were the, the leaders because the dogs were ca- pulling people, and the people were picking up their dogs. It's very strange. <laughs> strange. I. It wasn't because they met your ex-wives. Uh, that they left. Okay. <laughs> yes. Kurt, who's your favorite? I, I agree with Max on that. <laughs> uh, Kurt, who's your favorite artist of the moment? I mean, all time, probably Jackson Pollock. Do you uh, have any JPs? I don't. No JPs? I, I, well, I do. I have a, a work on paper, but I don't have a real Jackson Pollock, okay. which I would love. Is that your that's white whale? That's my, my you, white whale. You know what a white whale is? Is that an expression or a saying? Why don't we Google it? <laughs> Did you see what um, Paul Allen's art sold for at auction? I did. I saw. I knew All the art. I saw the yeah. one point eight six. Yeah. One point six billion dollars in a he, lot. So lot sale? when we sold Paul's house, it was very important for the family. You know that because no, he was so private with the art, and that's what made it even more. He 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 had great. It wasn't just one type of art that he, he had 
best in class of many, many different things. But they actually, they removed the art from the house um, before anyone was allowed to even come in the house. I put my own art up in the house, and people are like, Paul, Paul Allen's art's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he was quite the collector. <laughs> but the, I, I, I work very closely with, with, with his estate and, and his family. And, and um, you know, he was, the thing he was most private about, you know, was, was his art. Um, eventually, obviously, went to auction and yeah. set an incredible record. Yep. Uh, Kurt, who is your best friend's celebrity octog octog octogenarian now that the great Larry King has moved on? Oh, boy. Have you um, been able to fill that void? I, I, I lost Larry King and I lost Robert Evans. And, and um, what, what, what was were, that? You were at lunch with them every day, every day, right? Hey, look, I, I, I have friends, you know, from 12 to 92. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it really is a... a, a Spectrum that I've always, you know, I, older people were always interesting to me because the experience, even boomers stories. Uh, you know, also when you have, you know, when I'd sit with Larry at lunch or or dinners, which you know we've thousands, we'd share t you know season tickets together at the Dodgers for yeah. Even I met him for years. Um, you know, he knew he could sit and talk with anyone about anything, and he would ask great questions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, was never trying to, you know, hardball a question or get somebody, you know, actually the talent of being easy and, and sitting with someone, which he got criticized at some points for, for not being, for being a softer interviewer. He got more out of people uh, by doing that. But I, I think our friendship was just, you know, having somebody who had been through it, been there, seen it, done it, understood this town, the city, had been married, been divorced, who had been at the very Seven top, times. who had, you know, uh, struggled, who, you know, worked, you know, all of these things. And to have somebody who cares about you, that you care about, that, you know, you can talk to about everything from a deal to, you know, someone, you know, dating. Um, and you still have a connection. His son Chance is working for us now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I coached Chance in Little League. Yeah. That's how I remember. I went to a back. Dodger game with him when he yeah. was Yeah. We, every, we would go... We, we, every year we go to spring training for in Arizona, um, you know, with Larry and the Chance and the boys, and and have you know just the time of our lives, and have dinner with the players, and go to steakhouses in Scottsdale, <laughs> um, you know, with the manager and the ownership, and you know all of the the team, and that's yeah. that's how those boys raised up. So Chance is uh, do done you, an amazing job. Kurt, if someone asks you, you know, people. I know it's not about being a spec, uh, speculating, but people rely on you on a house that's as expensive as this $200 million home that you just sold. They're asking, basically they're asking your opinion, but they want to know, you know, what's next, what's now and what's next, because is this house that I'm buying, is this going to be, have, have in it what I don't even know that I want. What, what is next for, for your clients? What are they looking for? What's next in a house and a, and a home? Well, I, I think since COVID, like home has shown us, you know, how it's the center of everything. It's right. not, you know, there was a division of, of, you know, where we worked. You went to an office. Mm -hmm. You went out to a movie theater to watch a movie. You went to a gym to work out. All of those things are happening. That's why home. home is always in the long term. You know, it's the one asset class in real estate that I think will always be, 
you know, valuable, um, you know, that will withstand the test of, so what's now is, is, is you know, uh, amenities where people can... Wellness. Wellness. More uh, use of the home. Yeah. yeah. More use of the home. More use of the home. And happiness starts in the home. If you're not happy at home, then you're probably not going to be happy in, in your relationship or in your life. And so if you're happy at home, it's... Are you it's looking this... at my soul? <laughs> <laughs> my soul as well. <laughs> yeah. Are you looking at, why are you looking at Max right Why are you now? looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let me see. I got one more. Uh, I, I think that the answer is going to be... This is rapid fire, by the way. This I'm is sorry. like, I'm, I'm like... I, I think the answer is... No. How about a guess or no rapid fire? I don't have those. Uh, <laughs> besides Batman. Batman's not available to you. Who's your favorite superhero? Oh, God. Uh, you know, Superman? I don't know. Did you watch those movies? Yeah. You did? Yeah, but I don't remember them that well. I mean... You mean Batman or, or Superman? I guess it's not that. You're more of a baseball guy. I like the Superman. No, I like Batman. Wars, I thought I, Batman, Bruce Star Wayne Wars. was cool. The Manor, all that. The Batmobile. You, you know, know what I would probably. do if I was you? I would be doing big time. The way you're doing the Homer Simpson card, I'd be doing, <laughs> I'd be doing Star Wars stuff. Chewbacca would be in that corner. By the way, very, very collectible, very popular. I love that stuff. Not my thing. Oh, it's but, my thing. Yeah, but people it's a, collecting Star Wars memorabilia. I yeah. mean, how about the George Lucas Museum that's going to open in L.A. that wait. nobody is really talking about? I, that's going to be one of the great it. museums that's Get me there. great for our city. Have you watched The Mandalorian? I have not. Okay, can I make one recommendation to you? The Mandalorian is so great. It's on Disney Plus, and it's... Are done, you a paid sponsor? Just like, listen what are to me. We? It's done by Jon Favreau. Okay. John Favreau, who did the Iron Man. I, I, yeah. And it's, he writes it, Swingers. he produces it, he directs it. It's that's a phenomenal right. TV program. And anyone can, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to get into it. It's a great show. I, I recommend that to you and your oh, family. And amazing. Okay, good. Yes. Um, all right. I have no more questions for our friend Kurt. Um, I would just like to say, I'll let Max go. Max, do you have something to say? No, just uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us. I know you're a very busy individual. Yep. Guys, this um, was so really fun, and I love it. And mm. May I just say, Kurt, you're, you're a great guy. Uh, <laughs> your success, uh, I, I applaud your success. I enjoy your success. I hope to share it with you at the dinner table. Free. And I mean this. I, I hope you had a, a great time, and I, ho I hope you'll continue to do this and, and, and sit in with us. And um, and thanks for joining yeah, let's us Let's do it once a year for Can the we, next oh, 20 come years. Oh, come on. Come on. More than that. I, I, I thought that was nice. Yeah, and I, I think... 20-year commitment questions. is not enough. Ready to commit. I just told a guy, for the next 20 years, I'm here. He's come commitment. on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> commitment. Once a year. I want you here like every week. Come next week. But well, I think to answer the question, his favorite octogenarian now is, is my dad. I'm not there. Oh, yet. that's right. I'm not Ooh, there boo, yet. Ooh, Max. I'm no, not he's a there boomer. yet. Adjacent. Don't, he's a boomer. Adjacent. How Don't do you, push me. How do you get your boomer friends to stop ranting on and on? Do you have a technique? What do you do? I, I told you, it's managing. It's not, you're not going to get them to stop. Well, First off, you have to realize what you're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> it's a condition. So and you have to, you've got to treat go. it. Let him go. Let it go. Therapy is good. Uh-huh. A little. Ask him yes. yes or no questions. Yes. Don't ask him to, car to, to carry the momentum. Sometimes tell me that story you told me nine <laughs> times already again, and he won't even remember that he told it to you. So you just. <laughs> uh, Kurt, I love you, man. Tell him a joke Kurt. that. Yeah. I love Kurt. Even I deeply. Love Kurt. Hey, oh. Kurt, thanks for coming. Thanks for, thanks for letting us come into your beautiful what office. Fun. Thank you, guys. Wish you nothing, Thank but you. I, I don't have to wish you a hope it makes because we know Funky is going to do fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, we'll check in with you really soon. I love it. All right, pal. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Okay. Bye-bye. That was great. That was fun. Okay. Now my hearing, I feel like I've...